Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Fabulous and Female. I'm Helen Corsi-Cadmore, an award-winning business growth specialist, coach and consultant and a mum to twin girls. My podcast is about having honest conversations with busy, ambitious females about growing your business to have a better balanced life and of course, avoiding burnout. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fabulous and Female. Today I am delighted to be joined by the lovely Vicky Sills, who's the owner of Lemonade Social. Vicky has over 20 years experience working with brands to reach consumers. Basically that means you've got really good understanding of exactly how to get a brand and story noticed by the right people. She has always loved observing people and how they interact with each other. She knows what makes them tick. Love that. She began her working life in retail marketing and PR and has been really lucky to have worked with some amazing companies and brands such as The Telegraph, Evening Standard and a London-based media agency where she did the film promotion for major studios like Disney, Lionsgate and Universal Pictures. I love developing creative ways of marketing products to the general public. She's also a self-confessed pop culture buff, so it was great to get a teeth into the media and entertainment industry. So Vicky, loads in there that we can definitely <laughs> talk about. We've just been talking before we started this podcast about um, films <laughs> and now have, yeah. I kind of get it now. You've worked on such <laughs> big promotions like it Disney. Is. Yeah. So anyway, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Lemonade Social. Where does that name come from? There's a lovely little story behind it, isn't there? There is. You just want me to cry on a podcast. <laughs> um, Lemonade Social. So in a in a very small nutshell, yeah. otherwise we'd be here for hours. When I was at the Evening Standard, I was put up for redundancy. Mm-hmm. On, I think it was on like a Thursday. Right, nice. On the Monday, my husband had an aneurysm. This was his second aneurysm. I'm going to just caveat this by saying he's absolutely fine now. There's yeah. nothing to worry about there. Yeah, um, good. That was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Having to reapply for my job whilst he was sitting in the hospital bed and it was all very, very Jesus. stressful. Yeah. Um, I got made redundant. I got some redundancy money and that money I used to officially train yeah. to get to the nitty gritty and the nuts and bolts of it and it was one of my best friends actually when I kind of graduated from that course she sort of said the life threw you a load of lemons and you made yeah. them so that's yeah that's where it I came from it. yeah I love it and I'm yeah really quite attached to it thank you thank you for sharing that yeah I'm so glad um, your partner's okay as well um so we have also just been talking so I've just held a masterclass about <laughs> you're gonna hate me saying this selling without socials um, but I just want to caveat that I do actually love social media um but I just think there's other stuff that we can be doing so what I want you to really tell me and my audience organic socials like what does it actually mean okay Organic social basically means it's your shop front. That's where you, that's, that's a good, I use that quite a lot with clients is that's, yeah. that's your shop front. If you're a business, that's your shop. So that's where you post your products, you post your brand story, you post stuff about you. Um, yeah. It's the day-to-day runnings of your business. It's different from paid social, for example, because that's when there's more, 
um, there's obviously money behind it and yeah. you're marketing your audience, but organic is very much where, because I think people have forgotten that the clue is in the title with social media is that it's social. Yes. You're organic. Oh, we've totally forgot oh. about the social yeah. element of it, haven't no we? <laughs> Nobody is interested yeah. in that. People yeah. forget. And it's that's why I love organic, because it's about creating a community. Mm, my favorite it's, word community it's about like cultivating that audience to buy your thing or just resonate with your brand or just be part of your community so in the sort of long run mm. when say you're a I don't know a cake business so in the long run when they think oh I need someone to make a cake they think of you yes yeah so yeah yeah there's not it, it's something that it grows over time. It isn't a silver bullet. You can't just suddenly create and all create this community and have them all buy your product. It doesn't work like that. You have to nurture it, cultivate yeah. it. And I said to someone the other day who wanted to go full steam into, I'm going to just do some paid ads. And I said, but your organic is not. <laughs> well, it's shit. It's- <laughs> <laughs> you can swear on my podcast okay you can there's just no like there's no yeah of course you can do ads of course you can Facebook will send them out to people yeah but the um I gave a little analogy that was it's if you watch Bake Off there's always TV in any yeah. thing that I post it's like making bread and not proving your dough oh I and love that and there were some light bulbs that went off she was like oh. yeah. there's that organic yes of course you can make bread yeah yeah but if you haven't proved it then yeah. meta will always find people to send your stuff to but if it isn't learning mm. your organic audience and who they are and what they like and posts they engage with it's not going to find the right audience for you mm. so I that's why that. the, the organic's really important because it just helps you learn about your audience and I think as well from a small business point of view it's it's interesting to know who your audience are and what they like and use them oh my goodness that's like music to my ears because there's two things you just said there that I've talked about this morning shop window using using social shop window is so important and then the community aspect and (laughs) And that bread analogy, like I love, <laughs> I'm definitely going to steal that from, from you. I'll say I got it from you, but I, yeah, I love that. Um, and it's really interesting because it, like for me, I find a lot of the the understanding around sort of the, the likes and all that, it's very vanity, isn't it, you know? And I think, you know, do we need to have all these huge audiences to really gain traction? I personally and this is where you can definitely tell me I'm talking absolute rubbish is it's about that community and and who you've got looking at your posts yeah and your information rather than the big numbers I have said to all of my clients over years that your follower number is a vanity metric yes yeah and I still have clients now that go I really want to get to 5,000 we that will absolutely be our goal but you can't just magic them out of thin air <laughs> or buy them from yeah. South America yeah but you have to cultivate them it's not it's a slow and steady wins the race mm, yeah otherwise you're just getting people for the sake of them being a number they're not going to mm. be your audience and I've been with clients in the past where they bought followers 
and when the ad manager comes to run ads it's a it's a disaster because it's like mm -hmm. well, 60 percent of your audience lives it's in Argentina and you're a small business <laughs> based in Manchester like what it just doesn't it's just it's quality <laughs> over quantity yes yes I love and that in terms of engagement I really like looking at things like I always I always say that likes is quite a sort of slapdash I like mm. it let's move on getting someone to comment there's a little bit more engagement there I always mm. think and there's sort of intention there. They might share it with their, even if they're just tagging some friends, it still means they've thought about it. There's that deeper engagement. Mm. They've thought about it a bit more. And I always think save is quite a good one because that means there's intention there to refer mm. back to it. And I yeah, don't you save enough yeah, actually? Love a save, love yeah. Because it means that they're going to go back to it. And I, when I've worked with, I work with a lot of. Um, food and beverage clients and I always find things like recipes and stuff you will always be see a huge oh, yeah. saves because people are like, oh yes I like the sound of that I'm gonna go actually that is true I yeah. do tend to save or another one I'll do is just screenshot though yeah. <laughs> which oh, is not no. great for sales no, I know for your phone <laughs> it's not I know my phone is full of screenshots <laughs> literally but yeah you're right there on certain things like exercise stuff as well yoga if I'm, I'm into yoga and if I've seen somebody do something really amazing I'll save that but yeah food is a good one actually but Instagram does let you have a does let you save things in different folders so you could have a save that was food a save that was yoga. what yeah really oh yes. my goodness right this is a light bulb <laughs> for me this is why I love having people on my podcast I did not know that you can yeah. put them into folders oh, yeah. I'm don't save enough I need to stop yeah you need to stop the screenshots <laughs> I have literally just written save down on my piece of paper because now I'm going to look at that. Okay, thank you. And just out of interest, what does that do for um, the person who's posting that content? Does that help them if people save their posts? I mean, it's classed as an, an engagement. Okay. So that then helps us see what content is resonating with the audience and what yeah. isn't. So if we were posting loads of recipes and things and they were all getting saves, then we'd be inclined to post more recipes um yeah. it's difficult now because instagram doesn't let you does you don't know net because of i think there was some there was eu law changes so you can't now see mm. if someone shared your post so you sort of have to uh, assume yeah sometimes if there's been a huge spike that you can't explain by any other means you sort yeah. of think okay that must have been shared sometimes that mm. people will still tag you in the share but if yeah. they share a reel they don't you don't always know okay why which wow. is there's so much that you know social media managers like you have <laughs> to learn all the time yeah like I've got so much respect for you and that's probably one of the reasons that I I don't love it because I haven't got the headspace to to learn all this or anymore so I think there's people like you that are doing a most amazing job um so thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay let's talk about this um really to do with your um socials but this self-confessed pop culture buff that just really caught me what well, how come tell me more I just love it all I <laughs> I am a junkie for any kind of reality I have said this to someone the other day and they laughed I actually think me loving reality dv like I do makes me a better social media manager because I understand because it, it's people watching yes it's yeah only with the I mean I was watching reality like 
series one of Big Brother. That's it's you know it's a long I've time been, ago. I've yeah, been in the trenches with social media with um, mm. reality TV for a long time. But I just find it so interesting how when it's on TV and then how it kind of I guess gets its I'm trying to think of the right words now. I guess how it then takes itself from TV and onto social media yeah it's evolved over time that how people trend um certain contestants trend and things that they say and how that then morphs into people selling a t-shirt with what they've said on um Etsy or a cookie there was a a, I won't say the phrase this is a bit rude there was a particular (laughs) phrase a conversation that happened on Love Island a couple of seasons ago that I had me screaming at the telly and then a few days later someone had put it on a cookie and it was on Twitter and people had shared it and this that and the other and I just find all that so interesting yeah for obviously not every business can jump on trends that are featured in Love Island but it's just a good measure of what's going on Mm kind of in the yeah in the pop culture in the pop, pop culture of, I, I think as well because my background was media mm. I've always um enjoyed the media and how it works and how it it the murky sides of it <laughs> that's a whole other podcast yeah <laughs> yeah we haven't got time for that today it might be a bit long <laughs> but I think a good social media manager has to have their finger on the pulse of what's mm. going on and that is linked a lot of the time yeah. to, to reality. And it, do you know what? Something just really struck with me then. I don't really watch a lot of TV, but there has been a time when I have watched, you know, the said Big Brother or a couple of episodes of Love Island. And then I will literally pick up my phone and I'll go onto their Instagram. Oh, yeah. And I'll start I'll start looking and I'll be like, oh, oh. and I just get into that rabbit hole then. And that's why I think, right, how they got to sort your life out. The interesting thing with it now with Love Island particularly, I haven't watched this most recent season and I debated for a while, but because the last season was so rubbish, I don't know if it's because oh, I'm that old. Um, probably. I was just not like, that old though. Can I just, can I just caveat that? You're actually not that old. <laughs> I know, but they're like 20 something and I've, yeah. Yeah, I'm 42 with two children. We've I'm, lived life, haven't we? I need I'm the same. real housewives having, uh, getting divorced. <laughs> all that stuff. That's where I'm at. But the interesting thing with Love Island is there's definitely some fatigue with it, I think, mm. because where, and I, I almost think you see, it was maybe Molly May, maybe the year after, she was almost the last big influencer. Yeah, that, that's Love the Island. bit I watched. I watched a couple of those and I was like, oh, I actually quite like this. And the ones sort of since then, of course they've got brand deals, but they just haven't been as juicy. They've been nowhere no. near as juicy. And I think as well, part of that was the, I think it was the winter Love Island this year. It might have been the summer before. I could be wrong. Mm. Where ITV basic made them, they weren't allowed to also um, post. Their family and friends weren't allowed to post on social media whilst they were in the While show. While they were in, oh, okay. Which drove the trolls and abuse and this, that, and the other. And I think that's also affected it because where while they were in mm. the show, they were gaining hundreds of thousands of followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their that's Instagram posts weren't active at all. Yeah, so still gaining followers, but not nearly. But nowhere near. Yeah. When they were. Okay, that's really interesting. See, I said we'd go off on a tangent. I've now got you talking <laughs> about Love Island, but it is relative. So, yeah. Um, there's a little bit in your business that you do, which I'd love you to talk about in more detail about influencer marketing, um, because it, that's one one of the reasons I came asked you to come on was to talk about that. But actually, you've decided to do what now? with that side of your business I've always done organic yeah 
because you find with social media managers that they start with organic and then they either veer off and sort of stay with organic or veer off and do paid ads yeah and paid ads was never my bag because it's too many numbers it's too it's I'm a creative person yeah it's too many numbers it's too too much (laughs) yeah manager no thank you yeah um uh, but then I do also enjoy doing the influencer marketing. And at the beginning, well, towards the end of last year, I mm. was toying with whether I should pivot m- more into influencer marketing, not stop with the organic social as such, but pivot more into the um, influencer marketing. And I've been toying with it and going back and forth. Mm. And comes to the conclusion the last sort of few weeks that actually I like organic as a, I guess that's just where my love lies yeah yeah. that's just what makes me happy and brings me joy yeah and it's the it's really it's helping the small businesses because I've seen what a good organic strategy can do for a business and Mm. what also what how influencers can help a small business so I still do influence the stuff yeah it's it's almost helping small businesses understand how they can use influencers because mm. I think so many immediately think they've got to pay hundreds of thousands of pounds yeah which is absolutely not the case and the interesting thing with influencer marketing is it's been around a long time now and it's evolving more um because I think followers are getting a little bit tired of and the thing with the influences a lot of the big ones have been around oh god it must be nearly 10 gotta be yeah I was gonna say some of time when you so so there's some that I personally follow so a lot of mum influencers and there's Mm. some that started off very um relatable very real but so many now because they are influencers Mm. they obviously earning a lot more money yeah and that their audience are like are just sort of think well I this isn't relatable to me anymore yeah because she's going on all yeah. these free holidays and I can't that isn't that and isn't I, that's, what, that's sort yeah. of a sticky bit with influencers now of how how do they navigate that because some have been absolutely fine and it's not affected them and then others you just think well this is mm-hmm. it's a tricky it's a, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that evolves yeah, definitely. And do you think do you think you've you've come to the conclusion as as well that actually organic is your love, it's what you do amazingly well. And is it because that those kind of things you just said with the influencer marketing that possibly just are not aligning with it anymore? Yeah, I think so. I just yeah. it's a tricky I've worked with some amazing influencers, we've done some great things, but it's just a tricky Mm. there's no sort of one size fits all there's no like oh if they've got 10,000 followers their fee is going to be this yeah it's um it's a tricky one to navigate and as I say some of the bigger ones I I just feel the audience is maybe becoming a bit more aware of the Mm. fees that they get and all that kind of stuff but having said all of that (laughs) does still work and yeah um it it absolutely does yeah yeah and businesses wouldn't use them if they didn't still work but it's almost there's influencers and then there's mm. content creators and I think things are shifting in that brands are wanting content created that they can then use using their ads I Mm. I think um with TikTok especially they want more rough and ready content that's created that they can then use in an ad as opposed yeah. to 
an influencer saying please buy this okay it's a bit more natural it's a bit more because it, it's so so it feels more um because people buy from people yeah and cons- you they want consumers want to buy from someone that looks like them that sounds like them um so I think that yeah where it's moving I think it's more content creation as opposed to influencers and I actually saw an interesting TikTok the other day of some um expert possibly a TikTok expert <laughs> of saying that will it move even more to just product placement so it's mm-hmm. not even the influencer saying buy this um perfume they're just talking to you about their day and using yeah. their products so people ah, okay I'm with like you. she put on her face yeah so, yeah that's quite an interesting to see if that how that evolves but um that is really interesting yeah. because there's there's I don't follow many what you said about influencer marketing people but there is there is definitely a couple that I do follow and now without even realizing I have bought stuff because of them oh yeah you know you it's it's very very clever yeah. very clever very very clever um but it's interesting because I'm becoming you mentioned it I'm becoming much more aware of what they're doing and what they're gaining and if the product's brilliant and it's actually really good yeah the service you know I'm like okay great but actually if they're just they're actually just doing it to gain monetary value mm. then that doesn't really sit with me I so. think well it's ones that are fashion especially is mm. if brands like Next or two at Sainsbury's or you know yeah. Asda they're doing campaigns for them but then they're also doing campaigns for really high-end mm. brands and it there just doesn't feel like it works yeah I know what you mean I'd still be wearing that both I just think people are quite cynical and yeah just, oh, I don't believe for a second that you ever shop in Tesco's yeah you're always showing us your designer stuff but because they <laughs> offered to give you money like it's just that's it it's that yeah. sort of stuff and I think that's what rubs people up the wrong way sometimes yeah there are brilliant influencers that can really understand their audience and mm. love what kind of brands their audience respond to and have have the integrity to I've had it before when I've contacted influence and I've said it just does it that's just not gonna fly yeah yeah they do. and they, they know at the end of the day and if yeah. they say oh I'm working with this brand they'll only get all of their followers saying what the fuck what are you doing yeah yeah, yeah no, that's not actually yeah it's not aligning yeah. okay right so influencer marketing then let's not talk about any more of that it's good and bad um depends who you follow yeah actually yeah. things things are changing okay so let's go back to organic socials then so if I was to say to you right Vicky I am two years in business I have got no idea how to to sort of grow my social media um without as you mentioned earlier like buying <laughs> buying people <laughs> like you're buying people that just sounds really sad I find the whole thing really sad you feel like you have to go and buy people to be your friend um what would what would your advice be like if I came to you what would what would you do with me as a client I think the best thing to do is start with a strategy okay yeah figure out what your business is and who your customers are yeah you can reach them and what you want to talk about and Mm -hmm. I think um the best thing as well is to 
don't think you have to post every single day yeah 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 that's another yeah, thing yeah. I think a lot of businesses think oh my god I, I, I haven't posted I need to be posting every day and all yeah. stories because Instagram is stories reels and grid posts yeah it's a lot isn't it it's an awful lot it's so much so, and it, it can feel overwhelming yeah you go do you know just forget it yeah I'm just <laughs> gonna start gonna scrolling at someone else's yeah and yeah. I think the, working out what your pillars are your content pillars are is really key so okay. say you were can you uh, explain that what is a content if somebody's listening and just on now they've got no idea what a content pillar is just like let's just say in so really basic terms like um if you were a I'm just trying to give an example like a sweet shop yeah stop talking about food will you talk about cakes sweets are like my two of my favorite things can you tell (laughs) all the things I follow on Instagram um it's because I've just finished watching is it cake on Netflix there's a TV Uh, for you um yeah if you're a sweet shop it could be things like uh new products that you've got coming in it could be um tasting products there's a sort of trend on TikTok I think it's gone away now, but there was one where you got this disgusting, but you got like a really hot pickle, like a gherkin, oh, pickle, right? Like a like a fruit roll up, right? Put something on it as well, and then you ate it. But stuff like what? This, what are you watching? I know this is, and you've got to do this for your job, though, right? I know. Is that what it is, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's <laughs> defining your pillars. So it could be things like new products that you've got in your testing products, your um sharing customer feedback your yeah um behind the scenes packing stuff stuff you've got planning you've got planning sort of for the future or what's coming up at Christmas or Easter so it's just and that just helps you when you're planning in your content to think okay this week I need one post that's about um the sale that's on at the moment so product based one that's new products that are coming in and I also want to share some customer reviews so mm-hmm. that just gets, so you don't feel like you're looking at a plan um a scheduling plan and like I don't have absolutely no idea what <laughs> yeah so you can think oh actually I haven't posted and you can be really strict and say every week I post one customer review one new mm-hmm. product one behind the scenes or you could be a little bit more fluid with it depending on what's coming and what yeah you've got what's trending you might find that um as it comes up to Christmas for example you do more scenes stuff because people are interested because weirdly seasonality is huge watching businesses pack boxes oh I do and I used to do (laughs) I used to create stuff for somebody that we we both know I used to do I used to love it and uh, my favorite thing (laughs) it's it's just and they're not set in stone like you don't need to create your pillars and then that's Mm. it yeah okay you can like you can move them about and think oh god this is these are not getting any engagement at all at all let's sort of sack that off um would you do it as like say your your the thing three things you just said then will you do them like all on a grid post and then all on stories and then all on reels or would you would you change it up i know it's gonna be different for for different people but there is many ways to skin a cat and you could take so you could say you could write a blog on your website about trends with um yeah I don't know fizzy sweets or something I don't know (laughs) and you can use that as a blog post in its entirety share that as a link on your stories and it helps drive traffic to your website you can pull a quote out and create just a graphic with that and post it on your grid or you could 
post that quote on a sort of moving background with reels I think the thing with reels is when it first started everyone immediately thought it was like TikTok and it absolutely isn't at all now it's not Um, it's much more aesthetically pleasing and it is much more beautiful rather than it being beautiful pictures it's beautiful video Mm. or it's a beautiful video with some text overlay so that's kind of how I do love that at the moment it's something that I don't really know what I'm doing with it um if if you follow me you'll be like that's not how you do it Hal but I do love it I think it looks brilliant it looks I don't for me it looks really calming I don't know I love it um anyway I've gone off on one there but it's it's nice to also share uh, obviously your business but then share about you as a person because some of the most successful small businesses are the ones that put themselves in front of the camera yeah a little bit about them if it's a husband and wife business there was um a brand that I follow called Fred and Noah that's like a brand yeah um, they I think they're now available in Sainsbury's um and they've always been the face of the brand it's a husband and wife and they're brilliant and it's behind the scenes and it's them in their um warehouse but it's also them when the going gets tough and they've been in tears because this that and the other or there's a male strike and it's and that's what's made them successful yeah showing the reality isn't it it is and it's not just brands that's like oh my god this is like you know it's I'm so glad you're also saying this because this and I am like by no means social media manager like at all but it's the same thing I say to so many of my clients it's something I said this morning you know you are the face of your brand and the more you are open and honest and share sort of not everything because no one wants to know everything about you but all the bits you do the good the bad the reality and you mentioned it as well you know people buy into people and I think that's that's something that a lot of people can take from this conversation just you know it does work um, and, they, and they follow your journey to use that yeah, reality exactly term. yeah no, they, they follow do. the journey yeah. from when you were working in your kitchen another really good example is don't buy her flowers oh yeah I love who them. I followed since oh God, yeah eight years or something when Steph started the business from her kitchen in her lounge yeah yeah now she's got this huge team in this warehouse and people follow you yeah and I've used it a number of times now yeah. and, that, and also that that content gets you engagement and that's mm. the stuff that when people are engaging that when you switch the ads on yeah Facebook understands like okay these are the types of these are the people yeah audience. and it is all linked isn't it we've mentioned yeah. earlier about you know you're not not having to go down the route of paid ads but if you do your organic has got more has given Facebook paid more traction in the yeah. right places. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. Right, amazing. That's a really great overview of organic socials. Um, I want to talk to you though about finding your people because it's something you've mentioned and you've said about finding your people. Not you've mentioned now, but in I think I got it off your website actually. It is on my website. It's your website. You know yeah, where that sort of comes from. I'm going to tell you. Go it's on. It's from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> No, I've never exactly. watched Grey's Anatomy. I, I mean, know. I would say watch it, but it's about 20 seasons. Um, <laughs> and it's in that, and that's about finding your people. And I've mm. always I've I've always loved that as a term, and it's a finding your person. I feel yeah. like that's a quote at my wedding. Was it? I think something, oh. I'm sure it's something like she's found her person. Oh, how nice. Um, I just, I just think it's a really nice way of saying to like businesses like you need to find your people yeah your people yeah 
yeah yeah and why is that important do you think because I think it's it just helps your business grow to mm. find and define your audience yeah and and almost if you've got a business and a product who's your audience how can you help them and then it's educating them in what you do and how your product like it's helping if they've got a problem how does your product help them yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no riddle there but (laughs) (laughs) no I do get it I do and it is really important because it's not just finding your people who you're um you're targeting as your you know your ideal customer client but also finding your people around you to support you and I know you are a massive advocate of those people that have supported you yeah. Um, I remember seeing your link, um, your post on LinkedIn, I think it was maybe last week, week before about, you know, shouting out about those people that have been in your space and been supportive of you in your freelancer journey. So just talk to me a little bit about why that's important to you. Yeah, I've been, I, I've been freelancing now for five years and I cannot tell you how much my people and the communities that I found have helped me I don't think I'd still be a freelancer if it wasn't really the communities that I'm in and I'm only in a handful yeah Um, there's one in particular that's freelancer parents and it just aside from the fact that there's some unbelievably talented people in there like I found my accountant in there and my lady and I found ad managers and graphic designers and copywriters and they're all so so talented but they also understand that with kids <laughs> things can never go to what, life's a dream and life's so, a dream surely everything surely, is life's a dream. and no one is ever having a bad day um <laughs> that they they kind of get it and yeah. then that if you say I've I can't I've got to drop everything because one of my kids is sick or yeah it's sports day or I volunteered to go on the school trip because I'm a freelancer and apparently freelancers don't do anything. We don't do anything. <laughs> we don't do anything, nothing. Nothing and at it, all. It, and, and also it's nice that I've realised probably it's taken me a little bit of what a while, but the social media manager role has evolved so much. When I first started, there was no Instagram stories. There was no TikTok. There was no reels. Yeah. So the manager part of it, now is that's the bit that I love is the managing of mm. the social media yeah I'm okay I'm not a graphic designer I'm not a photographer but I like to manage those partnerships so I work with brands that when they want a re- I still do sh- you know can take photos and take yeah of course stuff but when we know that a brand, okay, we really need to get a proper videographer in to shoot you some content for reels, then I now have a network mm. of really talented freelancers that I can then lean on and use. Yeah, um, amazing. To make and it's like my job it's, easier. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? To make your job easier and also lean into those connections. And that's what they do and they do it really well. And yeah. actually, if it's not your bag, don't spend time like messing yeah. around with it um yeah so I love that um okay what would you say Vicky is the hardest thing about being a freelancer it honestly is, I mean it's quite, you constantly live on the edge of thinking you're about to get sacked I don't know if that's just <laughs> I don't know if that's just me I mean that's just me possibly um, why why is that why are you I don't know think? there's probably some yeah I don't yeah. know 
Probably okay. Trauma there somewhere. Um, Let, let's 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 flip that. What's the best thing about being a freelancer? I think it is. This sounds so cheesy, but it's being your own boss. Yeah, it's not. It's not. What does that mean to you though? Because it means so many things, different things, different people. It's just so nice that I can, and you do still report, not report into it to anyone that you have a boss, but you still. Um, have your clients yeah still accountable aren't you yeah you're still accountable to them and you yeah you do work this is the hardest I've ever worked yeah but then also it's the most joy I've had in a job because Mm. it's just me and Mm. I'm working hard for the clients and I'm very lucky at the moment to have some really great clients um and it's just the flexibility and with having two kids that are under seven it's being able to do the pick up and the drop off to school yeah it's never quite as <laughs> relaxing as I was gonna say is that a nice thing though we always say I, you want to go pick the kids up I, I I always say to my husband do you want to go and pick the girls up because actually I don't want to pick them up today <laughs> yeah I'm really honest I took them this morning so you could pick them up you know um, it but it's been able to have that choice yeah, isn't it? it is definitely yeah. the flexibility of it and that if um I had a friend the other day who said oh what days is it you don't work and I said well <laughs> technically I could meet you for a coffee whenever whenever yeah like, it's nice that, that's another nice thing having said that, that nice. if my friends can do that because they are very set in their hours and things but it is yeah. nice that you can just um do that and and one thing I started doing last year is I can't remember where I heard it but someone had said it might have been in one of the freelancer groups and basically mm. said in December, take a day where you mm. do nothing because it's what? very stressful with work. Yeah. When you've got kids, Christmas, Christmas like parties, buying presents, that whole thing, just take a day. And that's the first year I did it. I got, I paid my childminder mm-hmm. and just was like, I'm doing nothing today. And I laid on the sofa and I oh. watched Netflix all day. Do you know what I do that every month <laughs> not you? just in December yeah I do it every month and actually next Wednesday because I've been I've been ill so I've had to be catching it but I've been so busy the last couple of weeks just doing all the do the next Wednesday I have got my day to myself and I was just thinking this morning oh what am I going to do and it is that choice right that we can mm. just go do you know what today I'm just going to have some time for me because that's super important um so maybe you can extend that to like every other month. I think I'm going yeah. to need one in September once the school holidays are out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people <laughs> are going to need it. And they say it's like back to school and it's like, you know, businesses go hell for leather in September. But actually, I think, do you know what? The parents out there just need a bloody week off. Yeah, yeah. So you should put them into school and take some time off then just for yourself. And Q4 is always so busy mm-hmm. that September is almost that month where you're recovering a bit. Yeah. and then preparing yourself for yeah so it yeah. is something to think about actually if you've had mm. a really busy summer with you know if you're fortunate to have children and you've been really busy actually maybe take a day in September before it does get you know really yeah. busy quarter four okay so have you got just one one tip or trick that you could share with everyone today on if they were thinking about starting any organic socials what would you say to them I would say spend a bit of time just thinking about what is the sort of content that you want to share. Have okay. a think about your pillars, which yeah. I know to some people are like, this is marketing jargon. 
don't understand but just have a think about this so I guess call it the subjects the things you want to talk about yeah the subjects yeah so okay. that just gives you a bit of bit of a strategy in that when you're thinking about planning some content you're not just sitting staring at a calendar and thinking I don't know what and also I would consider with some businesses is look at scheduling tools which again mm-hmm. might sound quite scary I use one called metrical which is quite reasonably priced it's not okay I've not heard of that one actually metrical Less than okay. like me- yeah metrical um oh metrical c-o-o Oh, M-E- yeah okay I'll um, Google it. <laughs> I think it's less than I think it's like I'm sure it's, it's definitely less than 50 pound a month um, okay but that just gives you a bit of structure so yeah. that you know once a month or once you know every couple of weeks you can just sit and think okay I'm just going to plan in mm. content even if you start with I'm going to plan in two grid posts every week for this month so you know you've got stuff going on going out yeah so you're not yeah thinking, oh god I haven't posted for two weeks I need to just and then you just you're just shoving in anything out just to put something out there then with stories you can be a little bit more rough around the edges that's what people enjoy that can be more day-to-day stuff what are you doing yeah. today here's you know here's some behind the scenes all that sort of stuff but I would say have a little yeah have a little think about I love that things you want to cover and And I think if and this is really interesting you said if you know pillars if that if the word doesn't sit with you because if someone said to me content pillars I'd be like what does that even mean you know so actually yeah yeah, if you want the subjects or just what you're going to talk about just keep it in in your kind of um your voice you know keep it as relevant to you yeah I love that okay and it doesn't just have to be about your product and your business you mm. want it to be a wider thing that will you know interest your audience if you were a baking brand you know a baking brand should you kind of give your commentary on the next series of bake-off or yeah I love you know, that. things like that that just make sense that you're talking about it obviously then don't mm. go off on a tangent and start talking about the general election I mean, you could, you could. <laughs> like you could if you really you want to do it, yeah. But yeah, but it feels like it, it makes sense to your audience because you don't want audiences to be like, because that happen, that does happen to people on brands. Like, but people will Hands say, up, that's me. I'll just go I off on one. I'm I like, didn't what? follow you for content about <laughs> the general election or, you know. Yeah. And then you'll probably see your, your, your likes go up and down and then you'll start thinking, yeah. oh God, what am I talking about? I've done this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And do you know what? I think, um, sharing other people's content as well some people can think of that as as being a negative because you're sharing other people's but actually it's just bringing another person's audience into yours and yours into others so and it comes back to that collaboration that community and and being that supportive yeah person of other people's businesses yeah. as well. and I think if yeah. you are like a a brand that works within say the wedding industry it's mm. really lovely if you're a florist it's really lovely to share yeah a dressmaker or a bar service or a yeah. use that you really like because again it's about that creating that community mm, um, absolutely. around you and that all those kind of contacts with other brands really help really really yeah. help. brilliant amazing now I've said this podcast can be about 30 minutes and we've gone way over because I could talk to you Vicky all day but I am going to ask you one last question okay. and that is really important is what is your favorite cake I don't actually like cake that much. Oh my goodness. 
Really? Do you know yeah. what? A lot of guests actually say, I don't really eat cake. And I was like, I don't think we can be friends anymore. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed okay. with the show, Is It Cake? But when, and everyone knows that I don't really like cake that much. And when I was 40 during lockdown, everyone sent me donuts and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so if it was a donut, it would okay. be just a jam, donut, a raspberry a jam. Jam. Raspberry. Raspberry yeah. jam donut. Yeah, nice. Okay can't beat a donut actually although I and prefer then, just a ring donut yeah. but and then a cookie go. there's a brand I don't know if you have it in Wales there's a brand co- do you get has there a Ben's cookies in Wales they what do is a, it a, a, no a retail outlet is there yeah but there's not I don't think there's many of them no not that I can coconut remember. cookie oh, oh yeah. I love anything to do with coconut I yeah. love coconut and that's another good thing my husband doesn't like coconut so there's two things that I get, which I know he won't try or bite <laughs> offline. is coconut and coffee. Brilliant. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't do anything to do with coffee. <laughs> Amazing. Right. So I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so, so much. Thank if anyone is um, really interested in finding out what you can do for them, if all what we talked about has gone way over your head and gone, do you know what? I just need someone like Vicky just to handle it all for me instead. Where can they find you? Where do you hang out? I am on Instagram and threads. Oh, threads. Threads. <laughs> I'm not I'm on it. Not yet. Why am I enjoying it actually? Okay. Um, which is lemonade social underscore because I couldn't not have the underscore. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've made my peace with that. Um, yeah, they're probably they're the two places to hang me, out. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Really, really great talking to you. Um, have a lush rest of your day. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Fabulous and Female. As always, my leaving message to you is remember to do the one thing that makes you feel fabulous. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review.